Hello, 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 and welcome to the F World, an F1 deep dive and analytics podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Midzane, the sports editor for the UFB Cascade, and your host for this, like I said, your host for this lovable journey. With me, as always, and she'll always be around with me, is my good friend and co-host, Marianne Boutier, who is a all-around awesome personality, knowledgeable. She keeps me calm when I get so hyped up and passionate and a great all-around motorhead and gear gearbox. Marianne, welcome. Hello, hello. Oh, this is so exciting. We have been waiting for this for a long time. This is something that you and I have built up for a bit of time and, and to get ready for, and we finally launching it. This is the inaugural episode of the F World. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time in the works. It's it's exciting, and I'm 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 happy to get started. Yeah, me too. Everyone who knows me knows that I just can't not shut up about Formula One. Right. And, and this, so it's so great, and I'm really hyped because we have a very special guest he is the U- university of fraser valley's f1 guru the fraser valley guru for formula one racing if you need to talk to him if you need to talk formula one you got to go talk to him he is also the ufb's associate director of international relations i'm talking none other than walter foreman who has who's coming to visit visit us and talk to us about this but who has been such a guide for me for when i started the f my own f1 column for the paper he reached out, and it was because of that reaching out that made me realize how much I needed to be on point on talk when I'm writing and talking about this sport. And because of that, my writing grew. And so I really did not want to do this episode, the first episode, without him. So, Walter, thank you for joining us. It's such a pleasure to have you here uh, to talk with us. Well, three things. First, hi. Second, thanks. And third, I was just about to get out of my chair because I thought you were talking about someone else until you said my name. Um, it's pretty high praise being the uh, University of the Fraser Valley's F1 guru. I do know a few other people here at uh, UFV who are big into F1, and it's certainly big praise to say, you know, in Abbotsford and or the Fraser Valley. So I don't know if I can live up to all of that, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to talking about uh, what we saw today in Bahrain. And then, of course, throughout the entire season, I'm looking forward to being here with both of you. Uh, talking about F1, of course, the name of the program is? The F World. The F World. So we'll be talking about the world of F1, uh, of which I've been interested since, uh, really, since 1988. So I'm certainly showing my age, but nevertheless, uh, (laughs) thrilled to be here. Thank you to both of you. Looking forward to our conversation today and throughout the season. Yeah, looking forward to it all, too. It was awesome. And I love your story of how you got into it, seeing the classic 1988 MP44, the, Mar- the Art- Art- Artin Senna's iconic I mean, car. If you're going to go to uh, a first race uh, to see Senna win, I think that's pretty uh, pretty epic. And I, I was fortunate enough to do that. 88 Hockenheim Senna winning in the MP44, uh, a car which won 15 of 16 races that year. Yes. Ah. Legendary. I, I can never get over hearing that story. It's just so much great times. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I mean, like it's always fun, right? Yeah. I think you, I mean, like, for people who don't know... Uh, Walter and I have done a few interviews with each other and, and talked and for the column and talked and yeah, the fact that typically an, in, uh, an interview goes for under like 10 to maybe a long one's like 30, 45 minutes. And I think our first interview was like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. And, and it, it's, it's legitimately the, the old cliche time flies when you're having fun. So when, whenever you and I are talking, the time does seem to fly by. And I'm also very happy to be talking with you, Marianne. I'm looking forward to the, the show today talking about the Bahrain qualifying, talking about F1 in general. There's so much to talk about it. Let's get into it. Yeah. I think the first conversation, like, well, maybe the second one, because we definitely need to talk about the elephant in the room, 
which is Aston Martin, and how much of a shakeup that's going to be for the standings and, and this season, whether or not it will even last, because we all know what happens with F1. You can always have a nice, strong start. And then once other teams start to incorporate their upgrades and uh, cars can work so differently. But I think just the first thing out of coming out of qualifying that I just want to talk about is how close everything was, all the way from pretty much first until 20. It's hundreds of seconds, tenths of seconds off from each other. Logan Sargent, a rookie coming in, almost making P2 with the same qualifying time as Lando Norris. So Lando get, goes into P2 and, and Logan Sargent goes down. But for a rookie to get into that point is really awesome. I want to get your guys' thoughts. Did that make qualifying exciting for you guys as well? I found I found the end of uh, of Q2 to be super exciting. The last couple couple seconds, couple minutes there where it was just like one after the next, after the next, after the next. And you're like, what is going on? Seeing those those teams that I would normally classify as like mid teams going up there and then being bumped down, being bumped back up. It was just, I don't know. For me, that was my favorite part of, uh, of the all qualifying was the end of, uh, of Q2. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, Q2 was for me also the most exciting part. I think that Q3, because we didn't get to see uh, Leclerc do sort of his probably best time, which turns out to be strategic, but because we didn't see that, Q3 was a bit of a letdown. Q2 was exciting. To me, no surprise, we saw Red Bull really bring the pain for the other team, certainly. Ferrari, maybe a pleasant surprise? Yeah, I uh, uh, I know everyone going into qualifying and out of preseason testing, everyone was just saying Red Bull looks untouchable. And like, yeah, Red Bull looks incredibly strong. I'm not going to deny that. That Leclerc and Science are still getting hundreds of seconds off, tenths off, not full seconds off the, the race pace. It, was, it didn't blow up, you know, <laughs> red like it didn't, it <laughs> well, didn't, you know, uh, it fell apart a bit at, the, at the start, but, right. uh, but yeah, they, they it were, wasn't. They were taping it back up, uh, although they have, I'd have to say, better taping skills than McLaren. <laughs> they, they had a nicer black sort of uh, gaffer tape and they applied it, I think, with more love and care. If I think of McLaren, it would have been in free or testing or free practice i can't remember which testing they, they were taping up those wheel brows and the metal. Uh, it just looked terrible yeah like the, the metal tape and, the, and testing and keeping like and that was a problem that happened last season too i think yeah i, I think, wonder if that should be part of the portfolio for the people they hire for the tape you know like how you what are your taping skills what are your taping yeah. skills let's see some pictures you yeah. Know? yeah for sure there's, there's too many creases here. Well, you know, as I was saying before we went on air, all the memes, I'm sure, and, and if not, then I'm, I want to try to make one, will be about McLaren and having invested all their money in their very tricky, multi-phase shaping ad pod thing. On the side of the, yeah, the top <laughs> you know, of the, the side little, pod. On screen that changes ads. They I should have spent that money and invested it in making the car better. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I saw it and I thought it was some like light display they had up top of their like the garage and yeah. it was doing that to myself. And then I saw it in racing and I, when they're on the track and I, I was just sitting there thinking, what? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Isn't that just heavy? The like, why is that there? The first time I saw it was in practice or testing and I, I thought I was seeing things because I hadn't heard anything about it. I'm just watching the onboard camera and I, all of a sudden I thought, did that ad just change? I'm like, nah, it must have been a shadow. It must have been something else. It must have been a piece of the car flying off. And then sure enough, yeah, they have these screens built into the car that rotate through different ads. Yeah. Well, I actually just have the the, the, the results up here right now. So I'll just check. So yeah, we have Mac Verstappen with a 129.7, uh, Perez with a 129.8, 
that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Leclerc with a 130 even, which I thought was the like <laughs> yeah 130 dead. 130 dead yeah, is, yeah. is 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 perfect. Science with a 130.1, and then we have uh, it, uh, first of all for our first episode in a smooth transition. This is the best one. Uh, we got the dark horse. The ant. As if you've seen the new season of Drive to Survive, you know who we are talking about. The dark horse, the anti, the anti-hero, the villain, Fernando Alonso uh, with a one thirty point three. The, the <laughs> self-proclaimed bad guy. The, yeah, yeah, like, uh, which I just I, I watched that episode of Drive to Survive of Netflix's Drive to Survive where he just said everyone needs to have there's heroes and anti-heroes, and I'm on the dark side. I just sat there I was like, man, Formula Dank on Reddit is going to go crazy with this, and sure enough. The memes are in. Just, just Darth Fernando and Darth Alonso coming in is. Do you think he listens to Taylor Swift? He must. <laughs> he Speaking must. of antiheroes, yeah, <laughs> he, he must. Ha- he must have to there. But yeah, Fernando Alonso with the one thirty point three, and then we had the double Mercedes stack of, of, in P six, P seven with one, one thirty point three four for George Russell and a one thirty point three eight for Mercedes. Uh, Lance Stroll was a one thirty point eight. And then Ocon with a 130.9. And then uh, Hulkenberg didn't do a final lap in Q3. So two things off of that that I want to discuss. One, we got to talk about Aston Martin. I don't think I think everyone was, was surprised in pre-testing about how good they look. I think that people were kind of like, maybe, you know, it's testing. You know, other are, others aren't doing that, but, like, their race pace is good. Let's see what happens. Um, you yeah. alluded to it, Walter, and I, when we were working on our, like, the past feature for, for F1 – uh, and the, for the Cascade, like which came out this this last Wednesday, you alluded that you just love Alonso. No one gets the car a car like Alonso, but you can see Lance is now P8 going into into the race tomorrow, and Alonso's P5. So Alonso got a lot of the car. Stroll got a lot out of the car, and Stroll's injured. Stroll's Alonso. injured. That's yeah. That's, we need to talk about that. That's I think, my cheering too. point for Stroll. I'll be honest. I I never paid much attention um, to him prior, but. The fact that he was in an accident, what, 12 days ago? And they thought he wasn't even going to do this weekend. He came out of minor surgery just a few days ago. Yep. I understand that they did an entire day of simming with him and, and simulation, and, and, and but there's no G-force in that. Exactly right. Right? Yep. And so how throbbing is his wrists right now? And the fact that he made it so far, I'm... As someone who appreciates an underdog, especially an injured one, I'm just, I'm surprised I'm cheering for him as loudly as I am. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, uh, it was F1 breaking news when they announced that he was going to be in the car for the race. You know, they put out on their social media breaking uh, stroll to race. I'm, I don't know if it's the right decision, to be honest. I mean, he did well, uh, but obviously there's a lot more in the car and he hadn't, you know, really tested it in testing. So I like no no one will ever know, but I I think that personally because he was I think quoted a couple of times saying uh, his engineer had asked him to maybe change his line into a certain corner, and he said no I can't do that because of my hands. So right there I mean he's compromised, and so I I I just don't know I don't know I think that car um, could have maybe done better. Obviously Alonso shows it has more time in the car, so yeah, good on stroll. I'm glad that he did as well as he did. I commend his um, dedication to the team, but I still wonder if the team made the right call there, given that he had very little to no seat time in that car. The really good points. Alonso said after pieces and testing, it hurt not to have Stroll in the car because right. Stroll would have known from last year what are similar problems, what are different problems, what's coming up now. 
So not having that insight probably could have hurt them in their own like development plan. Sure. So having that in a, in a preseason test and on an injured, like the fact that he could get in P8 on an injured hand and wrist says something a lot about the car. Yeah. That, and yeah, probably in, in, and for all the memes and like year that I've, I've thoroughly loved the, the last stroll memes mm. and the put downs and everything, but to get P8 with an injured hand, Really talks about, but this well, guy's ability to yeah, drive it. It's his seventh season in F one, yeah. so I mean he's um, he's a veteran. Yeah, yeah. When you when you think about it and how young all the, these these drivers are in right now, sure. you have and like there is quite a, an age window between. There's a gap of like eight ten years. Well, Fernando's forty one. I mean, yeah, yeah. Max yeah. Verstappen's dad yeah. celebrated his fifty first birthday. Yeah, uh, the day of today, you know, Bahrain Quali was uh, Verstappen's dad's, Yasser Verstappen, Happy his birthday 51st. Yeah. And so Verstappen's dad is only 10 years older than Alonso, and Alonso's still racing. And that was, I think Bahrain was the 20th anniversary or 21st anniversary of when Alonso started in F1. So, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. it's Because he started uh, 2001? 2002 it was either two or three i think so th- yeah this this season 2023 either being the 20th season or the 21st but i guess it's probably the 20th so maybe he started in in 03 with minardi in um in australia yeah. scored points on his debut yeah yeah what a, what, a, what a time that also speaks to the sport right and that's mm. that's where it becomes tricky when an athlete gets injured yeah and it's it's interesting to see that with formula one because we we do see it, but it's not all always often that we get to see an injured athlete just like come into the game and still push through. Whereas with other sports, you see that a lot more often. And then it's like, is it a security question? Is it safe for them to do so? There's all this like, is this the right decision with Formula One? I feel like we haven't been faced with that in a while. Yeah, I think, well, most recently, I guess, Robert Kubica. Yeah. You know, coming back from the injury that just crazy injury that he sustained in, in rally racing to come back and drive for Williams um, for the entire season. Yeah. Um, didn't really achieve what he probably could have achieved, you know, prior to being injured. Didn't achieve, I'm sure, what Williams wanted him to achieve. And then, um, and some people are drawing some comparisons to that. Um, the other injury then I really go back to is Mark Weber. Yeah. In 2010, maybe. He also had a biking accident. And uh, came back, and he was more injured than he let the team on, let the team know. So he had this biking accident. I think he had shoulder surgery. Yeah. But when he came back, I think his leg was still broken, but he didn't tell the team. And I think that actually cost him. He he maybe like he finished second that year behind Vettel, and I think he could have won the championship. I think that injury cost him. Definitely. Yeah. The. The thing that I always find surprising is how much physical demand is actually on those those drivers or, or, or pilots, if you will, mm-hmm. because it, it takes so much. I was um, at one of the Montreal races that I went to. I would, they had like the simulator. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I went in and just trying to steer was so hard. Sure. Like the amount of strength that I imagine they need any injury, whether it's a minor, minor surgery on the wrist or a broken leg yeah, can be, game-changing yeah you know uh, Schumacher did break his leg also but I think he totally recovered when he was back in the car and that was of course many many years ago but yeah when it's your leg because you have to put in uh, 
something like, and I was listening to another podcast, we won't say its name, as I was driving into the <laughs> studio today here for the uh, the F World, they were saying they have to, the drivers put in like 120 kilograms of force on that brake pedal. So 120 kilograms of force, that's equivalent, I guess, to being able to move 120 kilograms with a single leg. Yeah. So imagine that when you talk about the forces on the drivers. Yeah, and we were we were observing that um, earlier when we were watching the the qualifying that like there is a specific body type that comes with drivers. Yeah. Right. Sure. Where it's the the muscle structure is very balanced, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they use all the muscles. Yeah, they don't skip leg day. No. And, no, they and shoulders don't. and neck. Yeah. Yeah. And the ne- neck, neck especially. Neck, yeah. Neck. To be able to move. There's always the, there's always the fun videos of. Um, regular people trying to like do the head uh yeah. exercise yeah. and it just shows lando norris use holding his head at 50 kilograms of pull and everyone's <laughs> failing at 10 well that's what nick DeVries said last year when he was called in to drive for that race he's he's he said on on team radio my neck is done like to work he couldn't he finished the race of course but end with points the last laps he's just like my neck is done and then this year you know a lot of people are asking him how's your neck and he's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've done the training. And you can see it. Like, they have he's developed really, neck, yeah. really stocky necks. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a triangle to the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Keep the conversation on um, both Aston Martin and in the injuries. Like, or, you know, like you kind of brought up, Walter, racing lines could be dangerous. If Lance Stroll can't take a racing line because of his hand, that's both dangerous to him and dangerous to other dri- to other drivers. And this is a sport where... Not being able to take a racing line means you take a corner wrong, which means the terrible crash happens. So it's really dangerous. But like again, it speaks a lot to Stroll's ability to to handle yeah, the car with the, with, right. with the messed up wrist. Yep. And it's going to be really interesting to watch uh, when he's healthy again, or even if he continues to drive with it as the wrist gets better. Right. The small progression that the, the progression he's going to have as that wrist gets better is going to be really interesting to watch. And I don't think anyone really expected Aston to go from near dead last last year, like a courtesy not dead last, mm-hmm. to <laughs> competing. Yeah, I mean, a totally different car. And obviously they've they invested heavily in that car. And I think they probably switched to the design of this year's car much earlier than probably anybody on the grid last year. Um, and mm-hmm. it's paid dividends. I mean, it's yeah. a great looking car. Um, it's Nearly it's fully painted. Nearly fully painted. Thanks for that. It's clearly its own car. I mean, they all share design elements, but when you look at it, you can tell. If you took the paint off it, I think you could tell that was the Aston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, in testing, everyone always talks about sandbagging, right? Like, which teams are sandbagging, trying to hide their true potential? Ferrari definitely was last year. This year, I don't know. Red Bull is always sandbagging. And I'm not sure what the opposite of sandbagging is, but whatever that is, I think that's what Aston was doing. They were running low fuel just to get the headlines, and it worked. Um, but like yeah. the last day, uh, sorry, sorry to jump to, to cut you off the marriage, but the last day they weren't. They were heavy racing. They were long, racing. Well, that's what they say. But the proof's in the pudding. I don't. You know, they're what six tenths off. Um, you know, six tenths off. So yeah, I to mean, lead to lead the time, top of the time sheets in practice, and then be six tenths off full time. Yeah, and at the same and at the same time, Ferrari all of preseason testing was not doing that they weren't race race testing they were constant testing reliability testing more than they were race testing so six tenths off a of ferrari even with a lawn that like again it's first qualifying who knows what's going to happen and this is a, a, a tone setting one Every, the tone is set i think alonzo knows who he's fighting who he's competing against now and who he's going to push push and they're 
qualifying times, yeah, before, like, Marianne, you mentioned it before we started recording, qualifying is always this weird, bizarre for people who don't know. Right. Mm. The, the, the lap times aren't, like, true race times because, you know, there's so many things. Cars are heavier in, in, in full races. They're using different uh, a different uh, 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 tire grip and, 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 and compound. But you get, like, the fastest and the fastest speeds. But to only be point two off, I'm looking this up, you know, Carlos Sainz is a 130.15. Fernando Alonso, 130.3, like 0.2 off. Definitely, the car is fast, no doubt about it. I'm I'm not taking away from the car. I'm just saying I think they were selling it a little bit in practice and in testing, get more headlines, it worked, get some more money for the sponsors or more value for the sponsors. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they can continue to invest in that car and develop it throughout the season, I, I think they have a good, very good shot at, at fourth in the constructors, certainly, and maybe, maybe, maybe even third. Don't, yeah. don't, depending on you know how bad that Mercedes heart. car really is. Don't break, my, don't break my heart. Oh, you're <laughs> you, you were thinking Mercedes for third. Yeah. Who? I'm. I. I'll be honest. Yep. It, between Mercedes and Ferrari, I'm. I'm not sure which one will do better. I. I, I feel like it's okay. going to be Red Bull first, yeah, but after yeah. that, like Austin Martin depending because it is a head game right they've been very at least i feel like it's been very quiet they haven't had a lot of attention until recently and Mm. now after the test it's like everyone's looking at austin martin but when we were doing research for our article like they didn't even come up Mm. right they didn't they didn't come up for changes to look at for the car for this year um and it's just been really quiet until this past week week and a half and well, I, that's sort of my point. They yeah. um, and, and the results, the results of the results. You know, they were top of the timesheets in 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 uh, in FP two, certainly maybe FP three as well. I don't recall, but yeah, yeah they are now. You're, they're and in the headlines now for sure. My concern for the other two teams, for Mercedes and Ferrari, is Ferrari seems like they've done a lot of improvements, but you know, especially with the concerning like Q one, it's is it is the car going to last? <laughs> Yeah. Is, it, is it going to last? And with the W14, it's more It's more that um, we haven't been getting the same message from everyone on the team. Yeah, right? true. There's reports from Mercedes that this is a much better car than last year and that, that they just that have to be tweak out a couple things. Yep. Right? And then we've got other reports that, like, no, this is, this is like, marginally better if any than last year there are yeah, different I don't know issues who said that. I, kn- I know year. lewis said the design philosophy is wrong yeah that as well and, mm-hmm. and so it's it's not very encouraging right this might be a bad season for it's, them it's not i mean their their times are basically where they were last year so they haven't really shown the improvement yeah. yet and last and like times where they were near the end of last year i would say more than like the beginning of bahrain because i think I think you know. I think they're pretty much on on point. With I, I think it is. Too, it's right? very similar yeah. to last year, Bahrain. So, I have to double check. And, but you know, to put all of that in context, the this year's Q one time or Q three times rather, down to seventh place. So down to Hamilton, except Hamilton, down to sixth place. Those were all faster than last year's pole position. Yeah. Last yeah. year's pole position was a one thirty point five five. So the top oh, yeah. six today were faster than last year's pole position. Yeah. And, you know, they, they were trying to take some of the speed away from the cars again with the slight regulation changes for this year. Not as dramatic as last year, obviously, but they've already got all that ba- time back. As a matter of fact, the Q2 times 
uh, Verstappen's Q2 time was faster than last year's pole time. Yeah. So the cars are fast, and all those top six cars are fast. And so this is the first race of the year. Those cars are going to get faster. Yeah. They're going to develop them. So for me, this season, I think it's going to be Red Bull. I think they're going to run away with it, and I'm fine with that. But I think second, third, fourth, fifth maybe, it's, it's really going to come down to who has the who has the legs to develop their car the longest. Yeah. And you know that when you do that, you you pay a price in next year's car, you have less development time for that car. So there's always this balance of when you stop developing this year's car to focus on next year's car, to divert your resources to next year's car. And I think this year it's going to come down to who's Almost a game of chicken, if you will. Who will blink first yeah. and who will go the longest on this year's car? Yeah. And, like, to be honest, I like I, I fully believe it's going to be a Max and Red Bull championship again. I'm okay with that. Max is an absolute lion. He is on the top of his game. He is just – he's the driver. Of the, he's, he's, he's the Schumacher of his gen- generation. He's getting he's, there. He's that dominant yeah. right now. Even – I wasn't even getting there. Like fifteen, <laughs> fifteen broke a record. Like yeah, wins coming yeah. back off after a couple Long, DNFs. Longer, longer season, more races in a season. Just let's keep it real. Yeah, like it's it's going to be <laughs> really in- well. going to be interesting. But they're all so close. I love that they're so close. That's my that's what makes me so excited for this for this twenty twenty three. That they all are they all are so so close. And Marion, you said something really great when I first brought this up off air. We said it's technique. It's that's something I, that could slip up that happens, you know. I think I think we can see some Ferrari wins. I think we can see some Aston and Mercedes wins. I don't I don't know. I think you're half right. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Yeah, yeah. One of them. I I don't, I don't know. I I mean, out of all the like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say this right now. I'm a Mercedes fan. I uh, as a team fan, I'm gonna have faith in it. I have faith based off of how crap the W13 was last year to turn it into a race winning car last year. But I feel like Mercedes, just as a manufacturer, has an ability to progress very well throughout their seasons. Even you look yeah, at 2013, sure. 2014, when they're having problems with their champ, like they weren't winning. Like they're the first championship team season, they didn't come out dominating, That's swinging true. out. Yeah, they no, they struggled sure. the first few races and then turned into a championship car. I think that if they if they're if they're, if they're staying six six nothing lower than seventh in the points the first few races, they're not going to be too. Holy crap! We're losing. They're they're working, and they're the only team that I feel has confidence in their development strategy, and they're the only team that's kind of I feel like from their talks, pretty self aware with where they are and what their development is. I think Lewis is still taking a lot of brunt of the developing of of the car, and that's why he might have more to say about the philosophy. I trust Lewis. I I'll see what happens. We can only see what happens, but I'm thoroughly enjoying how close this top four battle is going to, is going to be. Yeah, it's it's a close battle, and um, I think you're right. Uh, t- you know, all jokes aside, I think that Mercedes will win, win races, intentionally <laughs> plural, this year rather than the one they won last year. So I think uh, George will get one, and Lewis will get one. But I think that's about it. That's my call. That's my that's my take. That's my hot take. One win each. Two wins for Mercedes. One for George. One for Lewis. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to take a note on that. Please we're do. Going to, we're going to. Okay. I feel I feel like that. That's and pretty I, reasonable. I, I, you know, I, I don't. I, I'm a Williams fan at heart, just for various reasons. I'm but essentially, sorry. I'm yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they used to be something, and they were close there five six years ago. But uh, nevertheless, my point being, you know, I'm not a Mercedes hater. Um, I'm not a Lewis. I'm not an anyone hater. I just love F1. 
I got a little bit of a leaning towards Williams for historic reasons, but I want to see McL- I want to see uh, Mercedes win. I want to see any team win because that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. That's that's a fun way to look at it, by the way. It's it's refreshing because a lot of the times when I find myself talking with Formula One fans, it's either I have to find someone who is mild or goes for a team like Mercedes or whatnot. Mm. But having someone say, you know, like as long as a team wins and, and liking all the team, just having a slight preference, it's it's a refreshing take. My thing with Mercedes, and this is where I have a little bit less faith than uh, than Taryn, is that they, they have historically kind of picked up midseason mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with the fact that they're not used to working with this kind of budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? fair. They're used to throwing money at their problem. Sure, sure. Right? They're they're used to just being able to toss that cash and, and make those developments happen midseason. Now with the budget cap, I'm not sure that they they know how to handle that yet, strategically speaking. They're still working on this new way of handling budgets and development and balancing those things out. That's a really interesting perspective, and I, I'd have to totally agree. Um, the days of unlimited cash are gone, long gone. Who will see? So, well, yeah, that, we'll see in that's the thing. I think if you go to Mercedes Catering at any race, you'll be getting, like, white bread sandwiches. You know, they're, right. they've diverted all their catering money into the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we might be seeing that from, from Red Bull now, too. Well, yeah, it, 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 and it Red Bull's got some penalties, you know, for for their overspend last year, right? They, yeah. have, they have a little bit yeah. less wind tunnel time. They got a little bit. A lot less. Yeah, yeah, they had a few penalties. Yeah. So look how that's affected them. Yeah, I'm still so on top of this, and, t- and, and you know, talk, talking about teams about potentially having a chance. Nico Hulkenberg coming in P10 yep. for qualifying mm. and, and not setting, doing a lap, not in, doing a lap, three, right. and setting his Q2 lap was a 130.8. So knowing a 130.80 is faster than Lance Stroll's 130.83, so that's a P8 standing. Yeah. God damn, good, good on you, Nico. Yeah, Nico Hulkenberg. For I'm, sure. Like so for someone who's never won a race and had this all the jokes of, of how he, with his flame out and everything, it's nice to see that back. It's nice to see a, ha- a Haas not at the bottom. Um, I'm happy. Like you, people don't get mad at me. I'm sorry. I'm happy that it's not a Magnuson. Uh, the Magnuson's car. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a. I like. I like Kevin. I like. A, I like K Mag. I think he's a fun like personality and racer. I think he's a little overrated. Uh, but Haas coming back into the fight and and above him and above him McLaren, you know people coming from the bottom going into the midfield again. I twenty twenty three is going to be a battle of the midfield. I think the most. I, I think it has been a lot of the past seasons, but I think it's just going to continue and probably be better. I think uh, bringing up Haas is is actually very interesting because. Uh, in this season five, I guess, of Netflix Drive to Survive. They got a lot of coverage. Like, I was so surprised with how much coverage they got. I almost wondered if they had to spend some of their catering budget to get it. Who knows? But either way, <laughs> good on them. They got a lot it's of only coverage. one slice for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now uh, to see them getting some results here, it's good to see. I'm encouraged. I feel a little bit bad for Magnuson because he was looking better in testing. He was looking mm. better in practice. So I, I don't know what happened to him in qualifying. Um, but you know, he had a pole position last season. Yeah. Mag- Magnuson had a pole position for Haas last season. And then I'm also, and I'm, I'm looking this one up, but he, his last podium was 140 races ago. Ooh. Now I don't know what race that would be, but average 20 per season. So that was seven seasons ago that he was on the podium. To be honest, been from McLaren. 
Okay, I was about yeah. to say like, like yeah. I would I would expected way more than that, but with a different team makes more sense now. Um, Which y- is what I'm appreciating with the whole as you brought up uh, the the mid teams kind of closing that gap, right? Because especially for me, the for the longest time, the joke's been like, there's three teams in Formula One, and the rest is just to make them look like they've got more competition. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember yesterday you were saying that, you know, there's, there's, there's racing teams, which are Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, and everything else is a Mario Kart battle. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, well, oh, that's so true. It's, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like when you've got three friends in your basement, you know, and you're playing Mario Kart, and it's like no one really pays attention to the computers. They're there, but... But I'm I'm enjoying that that gap is closing that these these teams like that to me in the past have been unmemorable like we talked about AlphaTauri right um, they they are actually starting to make noise they are actually starting to get up there and it's making things a lot more interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's honestly for me it's better these days than it was in the past and what uh, in terms of that midfield battle and i'm thinking when i say as it was in the past i mean like um probably 10 years ago or more yeah and and for me probably what it is it's the reliability of the cars because back 10 15 years ago there were always always like it was a rarity for every car to finish there were always dnfs you know like two three four five six dnfs Per race on average, like actually that'd be a great stat to look up. The average DNF per race per season over the history of F1. Because I think the increased, and Taryn, I saw you going to the keyboard there. I'm like, man, oh, if no. you can find that, you're like Jet, Chat, GPI. I don't, I don't, I, I think of whatever that is. Him too. I, I, I might but Google my, just those words, my, but my, I don't know if you'd be able to get a full stat. Maybe next episode I'll yeah, find, we'll I'll find the stat. Where's you. our fact checker? <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have the budget for that yet. But point being, so now there are, typically 20 cars finishing every race and i think that's why you see better racing simply because there are more cars finishing so back in the day that was the rarity if all cars finished the announcers would say wow what a race not a single car you know had to retire yeah And, and these days it's almost the opposite where the announcers will comment that oh wow we actually had a retirement today because yeah. the cars are so much reliable, because the regulation said you had to reuse your engines, you know, twice per race or for two races rather. And then that's been extended because it used to be literally they had a new engine every race. Yeah. Every single race. And even then the cars were not as reliable. So for me, reliability has what's been one of the many things that's made for that good midfield. Yeah. And it's it's been definitely one of the determining factors, right? Like. Alonzo, as as much as the memes are out there and everything, I I think he's a good driver. He's he's a great <laughs> driver. Understatement of the year and, award goes to right. And and and, yeah. and and the thing is, he's had really unreliable cars and bad luck with cars. He like, and he's made some bad decisions. He's made I some bad. No, he's made some bad decisions as well. But I'm gonna be. I'm really interested to see if Austin Martin's car is as good as it seems at the moment and keeps going and is reliable and able to last the season, I'm interested to see the shift that we're going to see with Alonso in being able to race in a car that's not going to break down every, every race. Sure. And that's, and that's really like my question for this season too, is like, is, is Aston Martin's reliable, is the reliability factor of this, you know, 
um, we've had a good these these cars is like like we kind of said like it's a revol is the evolution of the revolution twenty twenty two. That sounds really, familiar. Was that yeah. the tagline on your latest feature? In the it, I believe it, it was. It definitely was on yeah. newsstands now. On Shameless newsstands plug. now. Very nice. Uh, available on the web. On available on the web. <laughs> UFBCascade.ca. All right. Very good. It's all there. Uh, also issue com slash the cascade. You can probably find it there too. Shameless. What was I going to say again? Oh yeah, the reliability thing. Like, because I think that again, you you see it. A lot of mid teams start off really hot and then flame out because of the reliability of the longer stints. Like, and, and like yeah. Haas every year. Every yeah. year, <laughs> as soon as as soon as um you start to get into the first like the first like seventy lap lap races, yeah. seventy lap seventy plus lap races or sixty plus lap races, you start to see the reliability problems. And so, do I think I think Aston Martin's going to come out of the gate swinging like a, like a boxer, just just straight out fast, hoping to knock people out in a lawn in in like one or two punches. If that stays stays, that'd be really cool. But I think we're going to start to see about midway through the return of the status quo. We'll see mm-hmm. the Mercedes come back to a, at least high, like best of the rest, pull like maybe not pull positions. Uh, that's the faithful boy in me saying that. At the same time, if they flame out and and go out, I'm. I'm fine with that. I I like the I I like the idea of a scrappy season. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll concede and agree that you know either way I'm I'm fine with Mercedes just doing however they do uh, this season. I'm I'm excited for Austin Martin. Yeah. I and it's it's because I don't know. Yeah, right? I, think, I feel I like that's, that's the, main... the the exciting part is that we don't know is the car going to be reliable? Is the car going to get better? Is is the driving and strategy is going to be on point? Are they going to get up there? Oh, and if they strategy. do, are they going to be able to keep it? Yeah. Right. That's, and, that's a big one. And is, um, Al- and is Fernando Alonso, like to, to kind of what you said, going to pull a little Alonso both in the good or bad ways? Is he going <laughs> to, right. Is yes. he going to just get the most that you can out of that yeah. car and win something right. and get to a championship contending point? Or is he going to do an Alonso and self-destruct his yeah. entire team? And and, call. and and break Good it question. apart, which has hap- which happens all every, the time. <laughs> every single team he's ever been on, it has always happened. And that's Sword, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. It's it's like Schwardner's, uh car at the moment. I don't I don't know. They're yeah. they're either up there or down there, and I have no idea what to expect. And that's a feeling I haven't had with Formula One for a while. Usually, you go in, and you have a good idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this year with Austin Martin, it could be their year. Also, it could be their only year. Maybe yeah. the next year uh, they, they go back down to to where they were before. Right. Or maybe they keep this going and there's more than three, three teams in the race from now on. It's and it's it's that whole something's happening, but I don't know what it is. And right. I'm excited. There's, there's always potential and there's always the team saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do great. But I think you're right. I think this year with Aston there's a promise almost of something because you've seen them come, you know, from being Force India to being Aston Martin to, you know, having Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion, champion driving for them, but not really delivering him or the car or the team. You know, uh, Lawrence Stroll, big money behind it. Um, So, yeah, I think you're right. This has to be the year. And I think it has to be the year because not too many years down the road, we're going to have another manufacturer in F1. We yeah. and you if jumped. Aston doesn't get it done now and start winning or getting on podiums, what hope are they going to have when there's another big budget German manufacturer yeah. in F1? We we before we go down the, the Audi trend, 
because I have that writ- <laughs> written down, the Audi train, because I have that uh, to talk about yeah. for, for later. One of the things that I, I kind of want to bring up with Aston, two things I want to bring up with Aston for the reliability factors are, one, this is, you, like, you know, ha- they spent a lot of big money to redo their engineering teams. Dan Farrow from Red Bull, who's learned so much from Adrian Newey, yep. spent 12, 12 or 20 12. years under Adrian Newey on, yeah. in two teams. Good take. Working, working with this. Leading the, he's the new uh, engineer, like the technical officer, redoing all of that. And and when they fired the technical officer last season, people had no idea what they were going to do. And then Dan Farrow comes in, and everyone was like, "Holy crap!" And that's we kind of to your point where both in the feature when you talked about they make these decisions in August September. It's not November. It's yeah, sure. August, it's September, a long term strategy. Yeah, yeah. They really played that out. They really took the time to build that. And yeah, like Aston. Aston Martin is also not at a point where they're dumping a whole bunch of money into their team, into into just the F1 team. They're still rebuilding their factory. They're mm-hmm. a 200 yeah. plus million pound right. factory. Right, they, they, they got more to come. They, they have more to come. So they really have to start delivering Yeah. Um, to, to add to that. And that's where it's going to be, in, I think, 25, 26, when the new manufacturer for engines are starting to open up more. That That's not even just starting to open up. That has opened up for people to, to bid to be an engine provider. Sure. Yeah, they have to deliver not just as a racing team, but deliver as a reliability and and engineering team, and while they're while they're still rebuilding everything. Correct. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah. lot of moving pieces for them, and I also just want to make sure that that our listeners, I'm sure both of you in the room are aware, but the engine in that Aston is the same as the engine in Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes. And George Russell's Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Like so tweaked. they have a customer engine. Yeah. So they beat the works team. Yeah. With essentially the same engine. Yeah. So, I mean, that's saying something, too. Yeah. And it's like, even though it's not, actually, you know, it counts as racing. So, what am I talking about? The production, the, the safety car is, is, is sure. an Aston Martin safety last car. Couple seasons, yeah. um, and not just because, and, and you know, I think we're probably going to still, still see that beautiful red Mercedes safety car, which is gorgeous to look at. Just like, <laughs> whatever, okay, you laugh, but just saying. But at the same time, for an SUV, Aston Martin made an SUV that goes 196 miles per hour, which is pretty nuts. And that's 106 miles per hour on a racetrack with corners. So it's a fast enough car. It, the reason why they chose that was because of all the complaints that the safety cars weren't fast enough to keep the tires warm so we have good racing launches off of safety cars. Yeah. Aston Martin delivered on a safety car that could promise that and have an, and it's the medical safety car too, to reach accidents and with the space to, to for, for a full stretcher in the back, everything well, like, like it, as a manufacturer, Aston Martin, just not just an F1 manufacturer, but as a production manufacturer, they're delivering on things that they saw needs to be delivered on. Sure. So I have some faith in a long-term strategy with that. I, I do too. My joke last year was, but I, I, I bet that the Aston Martin uh, drivers, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel then, they'd probably rather drive the safety car yeah. than drive their F1 <laughs> car. <laughs> I think and, so. and it's not that this year, so that's good news. That's an improvement. Yeah. I, th- I think you know, we haven't mentioned them yet, but I think we need to mention them. When we talk about midfield, when we talk about potential, when we talk about the promise of something, when we talk about who may be fourth in the constructors, uh, we haven't said them yet, but I think we have to talk about Alpine. Yes. Mm. Yes, I... And when we talk about under-delivering, yeah. I think yeah. we have to talk about Alpine. Yeah. At least so far what we've seen. Yeah, I, I I agree with that too. I I really was hoping this would be Gasly's year. I was really hoping he'd get at least into the top of Q2. Um, and But like I get it. You're, you're coming from new, team. new racing philosophy. 
new, you know, get like, I, I sure just when you, he, he hasn't in drive to survive. He's been around Red Bull and, and AlphaTauri for the last 10, 12 years. Hearing someone, someone else's voice in your ear telling you analytics, even that alone must be, must be something to get rid, to get used to. And I, I don't know how to feel about Alpine. I'll leave that to our resident French girl, uh, Marianne, to let us know. That's not fair. Yes, it is. It's, it's totally not fair. fair. I've got, I've got. Out of all the Mercedes jokes you've thrown on me today. I know. <laughs> See, that's why I have a Ferrari pen, a BAR Honda shirt, a Williams jacket, and Honda socks. Like, right? I, as you said earlier, I don't, I, I don't want to choose any sides because I don't want to have any, like, pressure. And I, I like that. I have the pressure of being, like, French from France as I, I have citizenship. Well, right? there you go. Well, and, and so it's like, I feel like I you have should to like be, Alpine, but I don't. Oh, no. I For so many reasons. The yeah. pink I, car. The, the okay. Baby car. And to be clear about the pink car, I have nothing against the color pink. Like all colors, it's got some nice shades. Sure. But this pink is just hideous. Well, it's it's Pepto-Bismol it's pink. Right? And if you don't know what Pepto-Bismol is, just Google it or, or search it on the internet or, you know, go to a pharmacy. And it's, it, it's, I, it's exactly that color. And, they, they found and, the PMS code and just went for that. And there's also, like, a way to mix pink with blue that is appealing to the eye. Not Pepto-Bismol pink with navy blue. It's, it's It just doesn't... It's just sure. hideous. The but color choosing the, is bad. I I don't have any faith in them. I, I feel like they are big talkers at this point, but under delivers. And I don't think that they're going to really get up there. There was so much hype for Alpine. There was. And, and so maybe have they crumbled under the pressure? I mean, they've... You're right. They, they've made some questionable choices in terms of everything for many, many years. Uh, even as Renault, not not like yeah. 2004 or five, six Renault when when Alonso was there, but mm-hmm. in their later Renault guises or in their Alpi- Alpine guises, uh, yeah, I just I think they never live up to their potential, and I think this year at least for me the 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 hype was even higher, higher than it's ever been. It was, and I think the performance was the same or worse than it's ever been. Right. So to me, they're um, they're in a bad bad shape. No, and it's not as it's bad as McLaren, but in oh bad shape. We, 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 we haven't even. I'm still confused about their livery, but um, yeah. but for for staying on Alpine just for now, I'm just tired of being disappointed. I Hello, think. remember me, the Williams fan? <laughs> I know, and you're you're so you're so brave. <laughs> I, I, I think I think in our feature, not not just to. Uh, place the feature back in but i think one of the c- first comments the that fourth plug by the way fourth plug yeah um that's, it's <laughs> called cross promotion okay guys keeping um, score cascade.ca yeah <laughs> uh one of the th- i think when we were going through the feature and, and choosing what quotes we like the first quote we had was was walter was yours i'm a williams fan that's kind of like saying you're a leafs fan yeah no, right a maple know. leafs fan because <laughs> yeah. they made a historic team long history everybody knows them everybody loves them on some level but they've chronically, chronically never achieved the greatness that they had in the past. Yeah. yeah. I and, and I think that's the same thing with Bruno. I, to, to, I mean, you know, Esteban Ocon, P9 with a 130.9, I think that's about where he is going to stay. I, I really w- I'm really hoping Gasly at least gets into P10 for this for start of a new team, but I don't believe it. I th- and, uh, but, and maybe it's a little biased. I mean, because I'm, dare I say it, 
I'm not an Otmar fan. Mm. I, I think the way that really after how they handled the Piastri fallout, that the great contract war of 2022, I, I think that's where they lost a lot in, in themselves. However, to kind of counter your things, but under delivering, no one had expectations for them going into 2022 and they came and they beat McLaren. Whether that's McLaren falling apart under pressure versus Alpine come stepping in, I don't know. It's kind of like you have to bring in the question, is it because they were good because a team, their competitor was, was crumbling or were they good because they put it together? I think if you're answering they were good because they put it together, I kind of disagree with that. I think it's a mixture of the, it's a mixture of both. I don't think they I think they're I think they're going to be a comfortable P5 out of the championship this it, year. It's an interesting mm. question and I I do agree. I think it's a bit of both. I you know, I think also important in this discussion last year when Alonso was at Alpine, uh, he was outscored by Ocon. Uh Ocon finished the season with 91 points, Alonso with 81. So But that was also to, you know, DNFing, he had more DNFs than, than Ocon and one of the things that Al- Alonso really complained about and openly complained about both in the races and that was Otmar's and uh, the team strategies choices of strategy. They chose their guy to be Ocon. They they from the from race one they chose it. They made their strategies clear who was going to be in the best spot as much as they can. Ocon also ignored team orders a few times. So and despite all that, they still beat Mercedes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Al- is one Al- thing that's going Alpine for them. Did, did finish fourth last year, so yeah. I mean yeah. they they had it together. And if you want to talk about uh, competitors crumbling, I don't think Mercedes was crumbling because they, you know, they We're they won enough, towards no. the end of the season. So something that Alpine was working last year, uh, it could be working again this year. Obviously, it's too soon to tell based on just the qualification of of the first race of the season. But nevertheless, I don't think they've lived up to uh, the hype. I don't think they've lived up to the potential. There's, you know, cert- there's supposed to be big money behind that team, but I don't know if we're seeing it. Uh, Alonzo left, obviously, for some reason, probably many of the reasons you alluded to. He obviously saw an opportunity with Aston, and, uh, you know, um, time will tell. But uh, I just, yeah, Alpine, not that I had, I myself didn't have a lot of expectations for them, but I'm quite surprised that I didn't see better performance from them, uh, albeit, though, I do recognize it's just the first quality of the first race of the season. It, mm-hmm. it is early. It is early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it but is. I, I feel I feel like I should have more faith or 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 be more of a fan, well, you know, and it's it's just I'm yeah, it's it's weird being being a French person. It's like I really want to root for Gasly. Well, yeah. He's and the so French team with two French drivers. Right. Yeah. Like it. There's a certain amount of like I want to have national pride. But on the other well, end, it's I, I didn't have any I, for uh, Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really no have much did. for Stroll either, no although one, I, no I'll give Stroll credit when, when credit is due. But, you know, Stroll and Latifi, both Canadians. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'm on record many, many, many times of saying I really uh, don't think Latifi should have been in F1 as long as he was. Mm. Hey, don't. Don't be hating on the Go TV. The, <laughs> the Go TV. Uh, the, 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 I wish he'd go a long time ago. <laughs> the, the most consistent driver in Formula One history. No one, no one, don't disrespect that man. Yeah. But no, I was absolutely dis- disrespect. It's also just funny to disrespect him. It, I, it I'll really just straight is. up say he's, he's the Nickelback it, of F1. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's oh, oh that's a good well, that's, that's actually a backhanded so compliment because so I, I was gonna say like here's the thing with nickelback though <laughs> Go is ahead. that Finish is that, that you have two types of nickelback fans yes right you have nickelback fans and you have people who lie about not being nickelback fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that's that's me. Yeah, and, and for the record, I'm not that. a Nickelback hater, but uh, I think they're a great <laughs> example of um, you know uh, a band, a group, an organization that yeah, people love to hate for some reason. I don't I don't really understand. I think I it was the Spider-Man soundtrack. I think that's when it. Oh, all that started. one song that just went on. The, the I like ballad that one. from Spider-Man. I liked that one. That Possible. was a good one. We're a I bit off track. I'm sorry, but I, going back to racing, right? Yes, thank I, you. I I think that there is in any sports. Yeah. There's a fun side to hating, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's fair. And yeah. and I mean, Taryn and I go back and forth on this one because um, he's a Mercedes fan and he's a Hamilton fan, and I'm just a Mercedes fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I hey, you know what? I will give you just if you love George, if you love good old George, I'll I love that too. You know, and 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 so we get a lot of. Of back and forth because I will make fun of him for being a Hamilton fan. Okay. I have nothing against Hamilton. Sure. Right? You shouldn't. Rationally speaking, I find that when, when he does interview nowadays, he makes a lot of sense. He brings up good points. He's focused on, on driver Hamilton. Hamilton. He's focused on driver safety and all that. But because when I was first introduced to him was when he was going through a little bit of a narcissus phase with his interviews i just started to dislike him now coming back watching more formula one and still seeing his face he's a good driver he's got good intuition when it comes to to technology and what needs to change with the cars right oh yeah yeah he's he's taking notes because this is never going to happen again but at the end of the day i love to hate him I absolutely love to hate him, and I love to hate him in front of Taryn because that's that's double the pleasure. Honestly, what makes it fun for me is that um, I have my own unfair like unfair biases of other racers too, and you and you make a lot of jokes with that against me. Yes, but it's it's just healthy competition. Yeah, it's it like really is. yeah. At the end of the day, I don't hate Latifi. I've never met him as a man. Yeah, I just I just <laughs> right. really don't respect his F one driving. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and like. <laughs> You have to like no matter how much we can say that some of these drivers suck, some of them overrated or that. If you're They're still an F one driver, yeah. If yeah. you're an F one, you are an amazing driver. Yeah, you are the the, the, the you well, are the best of the best of the twi- of of the world. This is where punching up right happens. Yeah. Is that it's I'm I'm of the opinion that it's always okay to punch up, <laughs> right? I can I can hate an F one driver because I make um nothing. <laughs> and and they get to drive race cars and make millions. So, you know, like I'm punching up. It would be different if I was somehow in a position of power and celebrity and I was punching down at someone trying to do something. I think that there's a healthy hatred when it comes to fans and teams because it's like you know that you're nowhere near that level and you can just have fun with it and get an edge on other people who are having fun with it. Mm-hmm. I have in my notes here, Mary Yonch, respected Lewis Hamilton on March 4th, 1158. Very nice, very Ooh. nice. So, and, yeah. s- and speaking you want me to autograph that? Yeah. Speaking of after, punching after down, <laughs> speaking of punching down, when do we get to talk about McLaren? Oh, <laughs> right now we get to. Oh. With that segue, 100% we're going to talk oh. about that now. I, I have a question. Go right ahead. Because Formula One guru, yeah. um, 
I am very confused about their livery. Maybe maybe I'm missing out on the joke. Let me uh, see if I can find a picture here. Go ahead. But my understanding of the baby blue was that McLaren had first started to use that in their livery as kind of a nod off to golf. But with the yeah. orange, especially with the orange. Yeah, right, they, the they orange. Had, they and, had golf and as a sponsor mm. even last year or last yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. But golf isn't one of their sponsors this year. They're not. Golf is over at Williams. It, it, it is, yep. right? Yep. So so do they just like the colors or is this a nod off to something else? Or um, did, like what's going on I know here? Google, did they forget? Google is, is a sponsor or one of their tech providers. Or maybe specifically the Chrome browser. I don't know, it's but it, yeah, it, is it part of the Google blue? Google is yeah. Google has blue, but has their blue a, has is darker. Blue. I thought it's I don't much know, darker. Yeah. It's I'm, much darker. I think it's about. Well, I think it's about the same. They have the nod off to to Google. Um, I think around the wheels. Everywhere, the yeah, they're really everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, top of the it's, car. It's really nice. The, the, so um, that's the Android symbols back. That, like it's that's all my, over that car. That's my hate on McLaren. And, and probably Zach Brown. I just feel that <laughs> they've... Like, F1's about money. It's about sponsorship. Like, you know, any F1 kit has got sponsors all over it. Yeah. But I think they've taken it to another level and maybe not in the best way possible. I think they've lost sight. This is just me talking, but they've lost sight They've of, of the goal of F1, which is to win races and be a champion. And I think they're just in it for the money. They're in it for the name, the money. And I think, personally, just... I have obviously no uh, insight into this other than my own. Uh, I think they're in it just to um, make money for their other divisions. You know, McLaren Racing is in a lot of other divisions, and I think they just see an opportunity there to to use F1 as a bit of a, not a feeder to those other series, but just a money mill almost. Yeah, I mean, I I could see that. Um, But there's there's a fun way to do it. (laughs) Right, and I I just want to contrast that with uh, with Williams and their Duracell. Yeah. Right. Oh, the way they incorporate is, it. Yeah, sure. That is a fun way to play with sponsorship. That is, I I I don't know why I like it so much. I was I was telling Taryn about that, but like I I feel like it's the beginning of something new with sponsorships, where they're going to get more creative on how they incorporate to the livery. Right. Well, Mc- McLaren, credit to them, have been creative with those uh, screens that we were alluding to earlier. But for me, again, that's a sign of like, if you got the time and the money to invest in making m- different high-tech advertising on your car, make sure your car doesn't fall apart, doesn't have to be taped up, and and can get your you know drivers uh, into Q3. But that's my point. It's the it's the wrong kind of creative. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. It's right. the wrong kind. Like McLaren, McLaren yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. doing the wrong kind of creative, where it's like, look at these sponsors, and we're being flashy with it. Whereas Williams, especially with the Duracell, they're just being punny and clever, right? And for me, it's just getting me excited to if if we're gonna start using the shapes of the car to allude to other objects. Like I want to see a shark next. If you want to talk about fun, fun marketing and fun liveries, if you look back at the early days of Red Bull, yes. every year in Monaco, they had like Star Wars uh, livery. They had Superman livery. Right. You had before they were Red Bull, when they were still Jaguar, they had a James Bond, I believe. That they was had a, a diamond that on was the nose of the car that went, quote unquote, missing. That was no so surprise. Cool. Yeah. Um, that was so there's a long history of, you know, innovative liveries and 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 cross-marketing that I think 
uh, is interesting, but doesn't come at a cost. And I don't know that this came at a cost, but I can't help feeling this way. Because with McLaren also, not only do they have those trick screens on the car, they have them on the helmets, although I don't think they've been I allowed to race them yet. I think they're allowed to, because I, I kind of looked it up when you told, when you, before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, they're allowed to have it. For like I was ranting about this earlier. Yeah, right, <laughs> but it's a good thing because it's something I didn't think of. And then, you, like, again, you always seem to bring something in that's like, huh, that's a good point. <laughs> but so I looked up it. So from what I understand and what I've seen, and this is according to just like the race.com and that and, and, and a couple other uh, sites, no Planet F1 uh, that mentions it, they're not allowed to race it during like qualifying and and um and the races okay like, we're, we're the, racing the matters yeah but yeah. help specifically yeah. the helmet screen and yeah. that so uh, when racing really matters and safety and yeah. everything else because if anything happened that's a whole other type of piece of tech that could kill them sure and then hurt and 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 yeah i think it's Fair also enough. maybe we could we could tie in a little bit of philosophy where the race is about the race not about the sponsors the sponsors sure. just there but the race is the race so i think they're allowed to do it during like show events and and practices and and that type of stuff, will we see that come into the races where like qualifying and this and maybe the sprints? Oh, I haven't even we haven't even talked about the how fun these sprints are going to be now with just hard fast twenty five lap races. That's going to be I I can't wait for the first sprint in Imola. There's more of them this year, is there not? I think the same so. number six. I think there's six this year. Maybe yeah. were there six last year? I don't recall. No, but I think last year was only maybe three four, or four. Three. Yeah, I think they've so. added more sprints. Yeah. Which, if you like the sprints, is I, good. I love the sprints. I would almost say sprints over qualifying um, or <laughs> longer sprints over qualifying, but that's just almost then you just add in an extra race. But yeah. there's qualifying and there's a strategy to qualifying uh, that that's really like unappreciated, I think. Uh, but I do, I do love sprints. I do love just put them all in ultra soft tires and have them go and yeah. see who's going to crash into each other. Who's going to Mario Kart it. Let's go. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really, I don't yeah. know. I don't like it either. McLaren, I, 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 here's I, why I do like it though. Yeah. Sprints or no, the, marketing. The, the, marketing. the marketing screen. Okay. Right. I don't, I don't like what McLaren's done with it and I definitely don't like their livery. Right. But here's where the nerd in me gets a little excited. Sure. Is that if they innovate, on this whole like changing screen technology yep how soon until we get invisible cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess theoretically you could do some sort of light morphing like a cloak cloaking device from yeah, Star Trek. yeah, yeah where yeah, you sure. have like the cameras on one side that project to the sure. the screens on the other side of the car on all angles and it's just like and it on on top of that they're doing it already on the helmets so it's like at what point do we go who's racing right now yeah, right. <laughs> you oh, it is just people. You would just see the driver. It'd be yeah. like Wonder Woman in the Invisible Jet. Yeah, yeah. comics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just see a jumpsuit, you know. Yeah. Especially. Well, I'm, you know, I think if that screen that McLaren has on their car, if it had come out on the Red Bull or the Ferrari, I probably and I don't hate the screen. I just I feel that McLaren wasted too much time, money, and effort on it when they don't have a car that performs. If it was Mc, if it was uh, uh, even Mercedes or Red Bull or or, or Ferrari that had it. I, I think it, that's a better place for it. But then again, I'd probably say the same thing. I don't know. But I just I, McLaren, I uh, I used to be somewhat of a McLaren fan. But I think since Zach Brown has come, I've really lost interest since, uh, you know, Daniel Ricardo had his problems there. Some of them were probably his own making, but I don't think all of them. Um, I think he's uh, sitting back well, enjoying his Red Bull and vodka and yeah. uh, <laughs> glad to be out of there. 
Lando yeah. Norris, he punched one of the walls in uh, practice, I think. It was all, he was, know, on yeah. the he was not happy. No. Uh, he, you know, uh, Piastri, he's maybe thinking, my goodness, should I have gone? Should I have stayed with Alpine? Right. Um, I don't know. It just We'll see. Again, it's the it's quality of, of the first race, but boy, oh, boy, they're off to a bad start. And and going going back to um, to your comment of, like, if another car did it, right, I think that's one of – been one of my favorite kind of queries for the season is um red bull's big brain move of i i feel like it's a big brain move to have the car fully painted when we're seeing so much open carbon this year yeah but we're seeing but it's it's different when it comes from well no austin austin's also it's it's a show of confidence whereas like when it comes from one of the the mid-tier leagues right it's kind of like okay well they're probably going to scrape that off by the end of uh of the and season like, red bull it's like no we're not worried about the paint weight yeah, yeah. sure and and aston well, does have open carbon but they do it in such a fun way oh it's they sleek. made it they made it look like racing stripes oh yeah like inverted racing stripes and it's ferrari like, that bugs me ferrari with the stupid the block block yeah just what's like what's disguised with, th- a, with a logo but it's i like, think that's for sponsor like, just for better contrast for the sponsor yeah but fair but you could do the, the there's got to be a sexier look, way to do we're, it we're let's, okay we're canadian white and red works okay <laughs> they I do disagree. not have to hide with that <laughs> yeah i have my gripes with, with, with it dare i say i have some gripes with, with our plain white and red national oh colors. no 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 but, not as canada canada okay. you know red white that's fine i just feel that red white black or red yeah. white and well, carbon in, in racing, yeah. now you're talking about Alpha. That's the Alpha car, the dark mode this year. Every everyone who's a motorhead, they like the combination red, white, black. It's yeah. it's just the automotive color coordination. And I, so when I see green, when I see yellow, when I see blues, I get a lot more excited. I would have loved. I, I'm so happy, and you, Walter, you and I talked about it. That the classic nostalgia livery of the Ferrari in the back. I love that trend. I love that that logo. I would have loved to have it in classic yellow. Sure. Have that yeah. and just in their letters. Yeah, and, cool. and, I'm and sure they'll do one for Monza, maybe. Probably. They're very they're very proud of their Imola and Monza races. Had a, a bet. I think we should have all take bets. Which team and when is going to be the first one to dial back the paint? Right, a paint pool. Uh yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I personally. Yeah. I don't think anyone will. I think they've made their decisions. I think they got their weight He's <laughs> writing it down. Very nice. Paint pool. 2023 uh, paint Yeah, I'm pool. saying nobody. Uh, yeah. I'll take nobody for uh, 500, Alex. Okay. Uh, and I think in which team? There's a team that's underweight this year. Was it Alpine? Alpine? Alpine's, Alpine's underweight. Alpine's underweight. Yeah. yeah. So they're running ballast on their car. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good thing because then they can adjust where the balance is, or ballast is located to give them better balance. So they've obviously dedicated a lot of resources to bringing that car in underweight. Um, and uh, do they have paint or not? I'm just trying to. Yeah, they have they the do. pink, of course. They've, so they've got the pep fully painted, as we talked about. Yeah. Thank you. Fully painted it. and underweight. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, talk about potential. Well, and not we're still painted. not seeing it. Well, not fully, uh, uh, relatively speaking. Relatively compared well, to your uh, car. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Compared. You know, and you that's s- you say this things to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, here, I'm appreciate for it. I'm, I'm here for it. That's the thing for context for any listeners out there, right? When we're when we're talking about the paint, um, when a when a Formula One car is fully painted, that is six kilograms of paint, mm. right? So looking at Mercedes, we can probably approximate that they have half of that, 
maybe maybe, maybe even less, maybe yeah, two kilograms like of paint. One, I think one they have two. the most exposed carbon. I'd yeah, say. they they do. Yeah, and it's you know it's 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 on brand for them, um, but so it's it it is quite a weight difference. It's not yeah. it's not just oh and, and a and little and bit of for sure no it's significant and I don't I don't begrudge any team for doing it and 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 for the listeners when we say a car is underweight or they're saving six kilograms worth of paint. That doesn't mean they're racing lighter than the other cars. All the cars have to be a target weight, and that's why Alpine, being under the target weight, have to add ballast to the car to make it that target weight. Six, seven, sixty, is it this year? I forget yeah. the number, Something, but it's, it's I think it's like seven fifty-six. Yeah. So Something all the cars that. with the driver uh, and the driver's helmet and the Hans device and everything else need to come in at a certain weight. Yeah. Kilograms yeah. too, not pounds. Kilograms. Yeah. Did I say pounds? No, no, no. Okay, no, good, just good, we, good, good. We haven't specified. Yeah, 760 uh, kilograms. Yeah, 2.2 yeah. pounds in a kilogram if anyone wants to do the math. That's like, like just a little... I can't, I can't think of it. It's about, like, about almost two tons. Yeah. Something like that. So, and oh I'm, God, I'm, now I'm, going I can, from pounds I can barely, I can barely spell. <laughs> yeah, we're, just gonna, we're just gonna keep it with kilos. I can barely spell Canadian? math. Yeah. I can barely spell math, <laughs> yeah. especially uh, early on a Saturday morning. But nevertheless, my point being, when we talk about weight, all the cars are running the same weight. Yes. It's just yeah. where that weight is and what they can do with the weight. Yeah, and how yeah. they can control it. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to uh, change gears to a couple things. Pardon the pun. That was both intended. <laughs> I'll <laughs> say it's intended. No, it's it, was, not. it was intended. <laughs> it was intended. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, a team that. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting ones to watch, not because of any race excitement, but uh, because of drivers, uh, potential and driver talent. Uh, but also, it's the team that is going to be under the most rebuilding and the most kind of restructuring of a Formula One team. Alfa Romeo is going to become turn Audi in 2026. Audi is already starting to put money in the team. Alfa yep. Romeo is all, the reason why it's Alfa Romeo is a contract thing right. until the end of this season, and then it beca- I think it technically becomes Sauber for two seasons. Pro- I don't think anyone knows yet, but you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's not determined yet right. because they uh, they have what this else year. Could to it be unless McLaren wants to buy the branding rights and call it a McLaren for two years? Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> but they're probably looking into it. Um, yeah, but um, so Alfa Romeo is really, and even then, Alfa Romeo is only really like a money thing for its name. Mm-hmm. Not like production of, of it. Right. Audi's taking control of yep. it already, yeah, and gets and gets to have financial team. Yeah, yeah financial say. Uh, Seidel settles in there. Seidel, I think this is his name. Seidel coming into thing. Um, you know, Marianne, you mentioned to me how comfortable and kind of chill and relaxed Bottas, Valtteri Bottas, <laughs> right. look, oh, man. which makes me happy. He's living his best life. He's he's, and I think like part of that is one, he's under the he's not on under the pressure to be a championship winning car anymore, and he's in he. Probably is fully aware of the rebuilding that's happening, and probably happy with it because, you know, you and I, uh, Marion, you and I talked about Audi's kind of racing history, and yeah, they, they have a really rich racing history. And yes, there is the point where they come in hot, do really well for two or three seasons, and then kind of like leave. Yeah. But even if the even if that's what it is, that's exciting to have to to have a new team that's coming in and like taking the three years to really build their their infrastructure together. And and putting in there all resources are, are like a lot of resources are moving towards that. They're taking this very seriously, coming in with an as an engine provider right away. Yeah, and having and again, not just having three years with a development freeze, three years coming on to developing an engine coming out a develop of a development freeze. But if they're able to keep their driver lineup, I think that's a like that's a, a pretty strong. 
2016. Yeah. No, I, I, but I like what you're laying down. But like, because I think I would love to see Zhou Guanyu win. Mm. I don't care if he wins one. I one. We ain't gonna be this year. We ain't gonna. Yeah, it's probably uh, not. Yeah, I, I would. Say. I would love to see just <laughs> one. Yeah, so would I, of course. Yeah, I would love to see like oh, what's a what's a different like a, a maybe not Monaco, but um, spa. Like a spa, a spa race, or or yeah, I would love just a scrappy race where like five DNFs crashes come in and Joe comes out and wins it. I would that would be like that would be seat well, in my pants like a Silverstone just sure, out of yeah, the blue, yeah. a comeback from last from his big big crash in Silverstone. Sure, I would love to see Joe Joe win a race. He I think he's just an underrated talent, um, and funny like nice guy. Yeah, I love how much the the posts of him and George Russell together. Those two are just absolute lads. When, yeah. they're, when they're together, they much of such a good because of how and even drive to survive. Joe was saying that you, you know this guy stopped his car and made sure I was okay, and there's not a lot of racers who would sacrifice a race for that. Not not to take away from George on that, but he is head of the uh, drivers' safety association. So George's, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that's really awesome. I so think that adds it, he's, to it. He's not. He's not. He's not obligated to stop and do that. In fact, you know, I think there might be some regulation against doing that. He could yeah. actually get in trouble for it. Yeah. But I think that just speaks to uh, his involvement with the drivers' association. Uh, he well, he was the head of it last year, and I'm presuming he still is because I haven't heard differently. So he's certainly vested in that, and that I think and explains why. Just yeah. the context, yeah, yeah not I taking away from yeah. what he did at all. No, no, no I think that, that adds to it. That, uh, yeah. yeah, really adds to yeah. it, and the, how much he cares for these people that he's racing against. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. the driver yeah. But you know, I think Alpha is in is going to be a really interesting team to watch a team rebuild. Yeah, so. twenty. 2026, I mean, uh, we got this season, 2023, 2024, 2025. It's kind of still a long ways to go. Vettel's 33 now. That means if he sticks around till Audi takes over that team, he'll be 36. You can still race. You can still well, race. Of course, Alonso's 41. I yeah. mean, uh, but but 36 is getting older. Yeah. So I. I yeah, where's the line on that? It's going to be interesting yeah, to see what Audi has in the works. But but not looking all the way ahead, just sticking to now. Uh, Alpha, yeah, I, I, Joe Guangyu debuted last year, scored points on his debut. He's there now. He's uh, holding his own there mm-hmm. against, you know, Botas, who's mm-hmm. won races for Mercedes. Uh, and a lot of experience in Williams, yeah. Don't, don't, we can't so ever forget about Thank Williams. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. So, yeah, you're right. I, I really – they're a bit of um, – yeah, dark horse. I think you've said I a few times, and yeah. that's true. Like, I think I think I there's a lot of dark horses this season that that really with out of the midfield. I think any one of them with with the with the right DNFs, with the right safety car maneuver, maybe not win a race, but can move up. I think they can move up. I don't know that they're the ones to watch for. I think I think they will be um, by 2026. Yeah. Right. I think that by then there's going to be kind of more of a rotation of the guards with uh, the the new people we've been seeing last year, this year, and all of that. And it's going to be a different game with different competitors. And that's that's when those that rotated early, like last year and this year, like Gasly and, and, and Joe, they're, they're really going to shine in a couple years. Yeah. I'm not sure that they're there yet. Yeah. And – like again, I I want to uh, preface and emphasize that I don't mean for race wins, but mainly for you know reliability, for race for lot for 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 team philosophy, team team dynamics, what's going on behind the but like a lot of behind the scenes type of type of rebuilds. Well, whatever's going on behind the scene on a philosophy aspect seems to be you know 
pretty immensely healthy. Just looking at how Botas is, is <laughs> yeah. chill oh. and how even Joe is, Mullet. you know. Some of his like, uh, social media during the winter off season. Holy oh, cow. He's, he's just like, brilliant. Yeah. Like both drivers of one team right now seem to be super relaxed and not relaxed in like a lazy, not going to work hard kind of way, sure. but relaxed in a, this is probably going to make them better drivers. I'm enjoying my job. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, there's gotta be something happening behind the scene in well, that team. I don't know if they're doing trust falls or what <laughs> have you, but I think they're probably uh, in the sauna naked together a lot. I, was about I love it. I, you know, I was about to say, I think my yeah. favorite like off, off track thing from the last season was, because uh, you you saw uh, you know Drive to Survive always had a little flack for mm. making up drama yeah, and, sure. and, and creating narration yeah, yeah. and they very much created a narration that Bottas and Lewis don't like each other right I I the fact that coming off of that and then seeing the reality that they really do respect and like each other there sure. is no animosity and just sure. and just Lewis being saying. There's a, there's a picture of Bottas like naked in, in the in the river. Right, I want I'm gonna that. Buy that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> buying this picture, and he <laughs> did. Yeah. And Bottas giving it to him, and, and Lewis just crying and out of laughter, sure. just like this is the greatest thing I've ever I've ever owned in my life. Is is like the my favorite quote of last season that is not off the race. And I think Lewis had a picture uh, going into this where I showed him in his ho- in one of his houses, and he has the picture behind it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> he just right. has yeah. it has yeah. it up there ready to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't like oh, I'm interested if Valtteri well, and like to to Joe coming in as as still not a rookie but as a kind of in the rookie sophomore category, year sophomore which, yeah, yeah. Sure. to learn from that as, as just a good potential second man like Bottas was a good race winner good second man yep. and, and when he was firing on all cylinders was a good defender and he's quick yeah and yeah. and I think that's just that's a good person to learn from well yeah. and all the nice things that we said about Aston. I think those apply to Alpha. I think they're in, as you said, in that rebuilding stage, right? So, so Aston, when they came into F1 with the Aston brand and Lawrence Stroll, um, you know, they in that first iterate. I like for me right now, the Aston we see, Aston Martin, is like Aston Martin 2.0. Yeah, like it's a total. It's still called Aston, but it's a total relaunch, rebrand, new philosophy, everything else. And I think with with the input from Audi, I think that's what we're seeing with Alpha. But I just don't know when that's going to pay dividends. I'm right? thinking it's not this year, uh, and if yeah. it's not this year, then it probably won't be next year. I think they're kind of I think biding their time. I think 25. We're going to see the first Audi like inspiration kick in. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. But like I think because I think this year Audi starts to be able to input decisions, yeah. and spe- specifically financials, and where the team like hiring and direction goes yeah. from what i remember i mean l- when i was trying to cover the story last uh season and yeah. last year i think that's kind of what i heard um and then i th- heard it's 24 25 like 25 is like the big kind of margin where they really start to kick in well when i mean they're using ferrari engines this year but i don't know how much longer they can use ferrari engines so for me it's when i think it's like 25 is it 25 I it's think, that far i think okay. i think it's yeah, it really depends on the deal. I don't, and I don't know if that's it. It's alpha. such it's such an interesting conundrum for them because, as you say, yeah, they got two good drivers. They obviously got something going on in the water there. They're all right. calm and relaxed. But twenty twenty six is a long ways off when to become Audi, and can they can they actually achieve anything between now and then? I I really wish they could. I hope they do, but I I have I some know. questions. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy with just like seven, like P seven, P ten finishes from yeah. either of those two. 
I think well, if, if they can consistently be jumping back and forth between that, I'm fine. I think Bottas I think. had a lot of P6s last year, I think, and 7s. Yeah, I, think I so. mean, yeah. yeah. P7 was Lando Norris. Yeah. Lando Norris, I think, finished P7 the most out of everyone. Yeah, George was P5, Mr. P5. Mid- top, there yeah, for a Mr. While. Top yeah. 5. <laughs> uh, best, Mr. Best of the rest. Well, I, just, I feel I, I feel like I they George. just need to change a little bit their livery, but that's, yeah. that's Alpha. my only. It's, yeah. it's, it's one s- of those ones I bet you it would look better in person, right? So when you see them on TV, it, it, they just aren't the same, right? Uh, you you mentioned you were at the at a Montreal race. Yes. Yeah. So you know, like yeah, when you yeah, see no, them they, in person, it's different. They do, so and it's different. it's very different when they do the whole like show photography with the lights and everything going across the car back and forth and all that. And I get that, but there's there's a part of it where it fades from black to red. I really enjoy that fade. That's right? a, yeah. that is. That was that a is, sleek thing. Uh, but then you look at the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and the nose, it's just, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something that looks off about that harsh break from red to black where it's just, it doesn't look quite right. And it's like they were so close to having like one of arguably the sexiest paint jobs to just kind of, uh, you know. You know, well, there is that old adage in F1. If it looks fast, it is fast. So I can I can I, I know what you mean <laughs> uh, it, to a point. Martin. These liveries are, are important, uh, certainly to the aesthetic and certainly to bringing people into the sport. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, paint, no paint. Uh, we just want to see fast, good racing cars. Right. Completely, completely agree. But if they can look good while doing yeah, it, no harm in it. <laughs> yeah, sure. No. And clearly, McLaren can't do any of those things. No. Yeah. They can't be no. fast and they can't look good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you speaking know. of a car that you think, I think we all of us agree, kind of looks good, not maybe not so fast, but um, Williams. We, we, we kind of been bringing up Williams. Yeah, we, you're, you're a sure. Williams guy. I am a Williams fan. It, it, yeah. And hey, you know what? My uh, fun story for, for, the, uh, for all those who don't know me. My first instant of Formula One was when I was like five or six years old, okay. and my father took me to Science World, and their big exhibit was called like Blue Thunder or like or the Big Blue, okay. and it was about Williams racing, and they fired up the engine, oh, and, wow. they, and they really like just revved it up and everything, and that was my experience of hearing Formula One. If it wasn't for that that exhibit, I would not have loved racing cars. Mm. Walter, you you brought up the idea of and the mentality of being a new driver. Yeah, we have. We have Three rookies. We haven't had a three rookies in a season since 2019, but George Russell, Stroll, and um, I forget who's the third one at the time. Two, two, 2019? 19? I think it was the last time we had. I or think maybe Stroll was a rookie in 19. Maybe it wasn't. No, no. He was, maybe it wasn't a Stroll. Sort of. No, no, he wasn't a rookie. Sorry. Yeah. It was. I just saw a picture of it. I, I was like, okay. Uh, I, I don't remember myself, but I just I'm pretty sure Stroll wasn't a rookie in 19. But I can't I've, remember who the rookies you, were. You were you were correct. I'm I'm yeah. It's definitely not Stroll. I Nevertheless, three yeah. rookies in 19. I'll sure. So a number of years since we've had that. Yeah. But we have Logan Sargent, Os- uh, Piastri, and yep. Nick DeVries. Yes. Um, Piastri's. I don't know. I mean, so much to say about Piastri. We, we almost need an entire episode just talking about Oscar Piastri and and his. It's going to be interesting because he's never not won a championship. Right. And F3, now he's F2. in a losing. Yeah. Now he's in a, and, and won a championship in his first year. Mm. And now he's in a using a losing car with a really weird uh, team mentality and finished, didn't even get quali- qualifying two. Sure. Uh, Logan Sargent uh, didn't get into qualifying two. But 
I, I kind of want to play a clip that you found and it just to talk about the, the mentality and I wanted to get your, your thoughts on, sure. on air about it. So we're going to, uh, this is from F1, F1 TV. This is a post qualifying uh, interview. This is right after Logan Sargent got uh, a 131.652, which was the exact same time that Lando Norris did, but uh, in qualifying in Q1. But le- because how Q1 how qualifying works is if you hit the target first, you get you move up, not the second person. I was pretty impressed after, and I, I saw this interview, and I was really like impressed with Logan Sargent, and kind of want to get your your thoughts on this. Sure, so let's give it a listen. Again, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Are you good? Because that looked like a pretty mega start to life as a Formula 1 driver. Not good enough. How did the car feel out there? Bang, I think you got the same time as Lando, said it just after him. Only a couple of tens off Alex, but good frustration, I guess. That was uh, definitely frustrating to just miss out on it like that. But to be honest, I feel like I shouldn't put a, put us in that position. Um, I had a car that you know should have brought me through to Q2, and I just made a little mistake in Sector 1. Uh, that cost us today but i think i've laid a good foundation for myself to build off of uh the paces there so we just need to start minimizing those mistakes and uh capitalizing it really feels like williams have made a step you must be really optimistic about your chances tomorrow definitely i mean obviously you know race race running is completely different different to quality but uh from the long from the long runs i've done i felt quite comfortable and um yeah we're just gonna have to wait and see focus on getting off the line clean first and go from there great stuff have fun thank Thank you. you So that's uh, Logan Sargent, and we know Logan Sargent is a rookie for Williams this year, uh, and I think that he played pretty well into testing. He tested pretty pretty okay, had some good testing moments, but you know, you've you've Walter, you've talked about the pressures, especially like the pressure that you know Oscar Piastri coming into a, a a team that was P four P five, but Logan Sargent to kind of help try and rebuild Williams. Sure. Williams is another team that's under a heavy bunch of rebuilding. Um, it might be pretty excited to watch some Mercedes old some Mercedes foundation and blood in there with a uh, new team principal James Voles. Yeah. But what do you what, what's your take on like his interview and how he held himself and and just like into that because it is disappointing yeah. to be knocked out Q one. Sure. But you also mentioned like that's good that he was competitive at that time too. Y- well, absolutely. And so I think there's a couple of things to to mention about that particular interview with uh, Sergeant. I think the first thing is. We, we don't get it. It doesn't come across uh, just hearing it, but his body language. Like he, if you watch that, and you can easily find it online, he was devastated. Yeah. Like his body language, he, he, he forced a smile a couple of times, but just the way he was holding his shoulders, the way he was hanging, literally hanging his head. You know, his teammate Albon, who obviously has a lot more experience, used to drive for Red Bull. Um, you know, a podium finisher for Red Bull, too. Yeah, for sure. Although he did get demoted, and then, uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, details. Albon uh, did do much better with that car, and so uh, that's the one thing we're not seeing. You know, he was disappointed. So why was he disappointed? Well, he feels he he could have got into Q two, which for Williams is an achievement. Now, also an achievement, I think, for Williams, and talking about the team, but I will get to to, to Sergeant himself in a second, is that you said it yourself. He set the identical time, and I guess this is maybe a compliment to both Williams and Logan Sargent. He set the identical time as Lando Norris, a veteran in a, a, what is supposed to be a top team in McLaren. So I, I think that bodes well for, for Williams and for Logan Sargent. He's coming in uh, to a team that hasn't done well since I can't remember when, but Williams finished third in the constructors in like 20. 
2014, maybe. Geez, that's 10 years ago. Maybe even later Something than that. that. But, you know, the, but since then have been, you know, very, very low in the standing. So yeah. there's maybe not a lot of pressure on him, but there's always a pressure on you when you're an F1 rookie driver. And he was the best of the rookies, mm-hmm. like yeah. hands mm-hmm. down. And he's in arguably the worst car of the rookies. Well, so I good don't. on him. I, I kind of I might say that historically I think the worst. The worst yeah. Historically, <laughs> I think is is the better um, phrase for that. But yeah, good on. I, and I think that just shows to me, and as someone who just loves the per, the eccentricism and and, and 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 that may not be even really be a word, but the passion that the, there is in the sport. I think he just that that his his just honesty of well it wasn't what what we were expecting what I wanted, uh, the first thing coming right out of the gate. Just I think it just shows like how much this guy wants to perform and how much he's just excited. He he's he believes that he can like do this and he he just has a drive to be great. Um, and yeah, thoughts, Marianne? Like what, what you're thinking? I think it's completely normal when you're a competitor to be disappointed when you're not gonna do as well as you do, whether or not. I don't think it's it's a reasonable disappointment at this point. I think that he did amazing. Um, and I, I do wonder if a lot of the pressure that he's he's feeling is self-input on he thought he was going to do better and with the car disappointment with everything else, he's having the very human reaction of feeling like it should have been better or this was his time to shine and maybe he didn't shine as brightly as he would. But on an objective, like, I'm not in his shoes kind of way, I think he did great. Well, you know, there was a lot of praise for him. Like yeah. the, the, the commentators, the announcers, really every, even at the beginning of that interview, we didn't hear it, but, you know, the, the and I forget who that was interviewing him, so you'll forgive me, but I think it was someone from F1, F1 TV. TV. Yeah, that, 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 that interview was courtesy of F1 TV. That was part of their post-qualifying show. Um, I think it was like Lawrence. I can't remember his last name. I, I really like Lawrence as, a, yeah, as an I interviewer and how he's able to connect with drivers and the, ask the those questions. The F1 TV coverage team has always been good, and I think they're getting better and better. They got David Coulthard now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, that's going to be interesting. I mean, out of all of them, Sam Collins. Yeah, I think Sam the way Collins he presents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, Sam Collins. It, uh, I can listen to that guy talk about car engines. He's the new Ted Kravitz. Yeah. No, he's not, not <laughs> the new Ted Kravitz. He's far. He's flown far further and farther than Ted Kravitz. So I love Ted, but yeah, like, so do I. But Sam Collins' ability to like, so, listen and, to and a car and tell you what's going on. And is everybody yeah. was was praising uh, Sergeant for his performance. Everybody except him. Yeah. And so that does speak, I think, to what you were saying, Marianne, that he wants to do better. Of course, everyone wants to do better, but I think he genuinely felt he could have done better. He admitted himself in that interview that he'd made a small mistake, and that's what cost them Q two. Um, yeah, in, in in section sector one. Yeah, that's what got him. Yeah, but and Albon could have maybe done better. I don't know if he could have got into Q three, but I think he could have done better in Q two if he would have got a final lap. Uh, he had some, uh, I think, a piece of his wing, Albon that is, came off, mm-hmm. caused yeah. him some big understeer, caused him to go off, and. And that was the end of it. There was like two minutes left, not enough time. But there's some there's some pace in that Williams car. There's some potential. Um, yeah, who's going to be the best rookie of this season? I think before the Bahrain qualifying, anybody would have put their money on Piastri. I don't know if that's still the case. I think I think the the turmoil going on at Williams, and I think there is turmoil there, is too much. And I think he's going to be swallowed up for it. Piastri, that is. Yeah, you mean Mercedes. Uh, and so uh, you mean McLaren. McLaren? McLaren. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Sorry, it, sorry, it, viewers. Sorry, let's. What did I say? 
You said Williams. Oh, uh, yeah. Williams is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I think the best rookie of this year. I think a lot of people would have said Piastri at McLaren, but uh, now I'm not so sure. Um, yeah. Devries at AlphaTauri. I don't know. Is it co- possibly? Could it possibly be Logan Sargent? Yeah, I have like. I like Nick DeVries. It's gonna be he's gonna be interesting to watch. Um, I have a thing about against the kind of I'm not a big fan. I, we'll say it for another episode maybe. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Red Bull's kind of development strategy mm-hmm. and mentality. Yeah, sure. But you looking at Williams in a state of rebuilding at a at a state of this of, of this thing. You've got James Voles who has a race winning race winning DNA with Mercedes and also a point of like of development in mercedes at yeah. a time where mercedes yeah. was developing their their championship teams Vols has been there and developing lewis into into a championship contender developing him into a, a championship winner and consistent winner yeah um rossberg uh bottas well, like williams is like the montreal expos of f1 like <laughs> <laughs> there's so many great mlb players that came out of the montreal expos there you should appreciate that yeah, yeah. there's so many great uh, MLB players that came out of the Montreal Expos, and it's the same thing with Williams. So many champions drove for Williams. They weren't champion for Williams. But but having said that, Williams has the second most constructors' championships in F1. Yeah. More than Mercedes. This was, yeah. More than McLaren. Yeah. More than Red Bull. They have nine constructors' championships. Uh, Ferrari, of course, is number one with 16, but That's also Williams is number like, two. Yeah, Ferrari is one of the first three teams ever. In the, yeah, in Ferrari's the sport, over right? the entire history of the yeah. sport. Yeah, but so like, you think of that. But I think that you know, in terms of driver development, in terms of ideas, like you look at even you know, we, we, Marion, she brought up Bottas being happy. Look at Albon, like how that's yeah. changed with him. How much he feels like he can have a laugh. How he can dye his hair all different colors and never change how fast he goes. But um, I think that you know, I think the, the driver line Williams has. And I, and I, you know, what about in the cascade? You can find the articles at the of cascade.ca, fifth plug. But Williams has a really good chance to slowly build their team and, and establish a good infrastructure baseline. Yep. And I think that Sargent is at a good place. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we're going to see, like you said, I think we're going to see the most out of him. He's, he's got three home races. You can see he is so passionate about wanting to do well. He, I think he probably could have gone into the podium finishes in F2. He purposely chose not to push push for that to save his super license because you can get to super license merits in, yeah. F, in, in that. Sure, yeah. So he purposely chose to chose so that he could assure – so he could keep his seat in, in um, for F1. So uh, I don't know. I think he – He's going to push. And Williams like has some money this year. They have the golf sponsorship. They sure. have the Duracell sponsorship. They got some money. They got some drivers. They got some management uh, changes. Maybe. Right. The, the thing that concerns me, right, is especially with a rookie and with someone who's obviously disappointed in the expectation that they place, is that when you look at competitors, right, there is mentality plays such a huge part. Sure. Right. Like frustration is contagious, and once you start uh, a ve- once you start a day on the wrong foot, like you almost have to go back to bed and restart, or else you just turn into, you know, the crap Midas. But um, and and I'm I'm cons- I'm always concerned when I see a a competitor who has so much passion because that can quickly turn for the best or for the worst, mm-hmm. right? And is 
not knowing because he's a rookie, is Sargent going to get in his own head or is uh. he going to go past these disappointments that are going to come his way and come out on top of them? Uh, that's where it gets dangerous. It's a good question. It's a really, it's a really good, good question. question. Yeah, super good. I don't even know how to uh, and do that. And all that's again, another com- another full episode we could probably talk about that. Um, but to add on to that, I don't think it was a question of if he gets into his head. It's what does he do when he gets into his head, and how does he come out of it out of that? Um, and yeah, I think he's at a really good place to to have the to have support to get out of there. It's going to be really fun. Um, needs to, to go chill that. with Botas. Needs to go, yeah. Needs to go <laughs> grow a mullet and, and, and a mustache and have it on your crash helmet. Um, yeah, I just I can't reiterate how much I think this this twenty three season is going to be just a nice scrap fest. You know, it, it, there's a lot to look forward to. It's it's going to be um, again a very long season, right? More twenty three races. races. Uh, we have Las Vegas on the calendar for the very first time. With so only a third race in the U.S. and another new race. Yeah, and with only two right hand turns. Yeah, which by the way, Canada, can we get another track? Vancouver. I I don't sure. live in Ontario anymore, and. Uh, I wouldn't mind not having to take a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I did hear. I think were you and I talking about this once? Rumblings of a Seattle Grand Prix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I heard it rumblings, rumors. Like I don't know how much yeah. truth there is in it, but that was you know that's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? it's not Canada, but I'll take it. Yeah. yeah we, it's we it's would, darn close. We'd have a I family can drive there. Yeah, we'd have a family drive down to to go see that Grand Prix. I you know we're, we're getting to the end of, end of the race here for us. Um, we got to finish up the paint pool. Okay. There we are. We got, Walter, oh. we got me, right? Yeah, no Nobody's, teams. No, no one's I mean, change. they'll change liveries, of course, as they do, but I don't, I'll go on record. I don't think anyone's going to go completely. Uh, like anyone who has not already gone ex- exposed carbon, they're not going to go that route during yeah. the season. You don't, you don't think there'll be any extreme changes to no. the paint? Okay. Okay. All right. For, uh, for extreme ones, I'm going to put McLaren and Williams. And I, I really hope the Duracell goes last if it has to go at all, because that is my favorite part of that entire car. But I, I am wondering if uh, McLaren's little screen gimmick is going to last the entire season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have a race in mind or uh, like a round in mind? No. You think it might go? No. no? Okay. No, no I'm all just right. I'm just going to go between now and the end of the season. Okay. Um, we're going to see less and less paint on those two. I wouldn't be surprised with Alpine, but I'm not gonna make it an official uh, guess. You can, an yeah. official guess. I'm, I'm letting you. Well, I'm, I'm giving you some leeway. Giving you two teams, you, a you actually, double chance to win. You might be right on that. If anybody would, I think I, I would be Alpine because they're already right. underweight. So if they shave the paint off, it gives them more balance to, to play with. So yeah. if anyone but there is, would, but there is also a minimum. But they won't. But there is also <laughs> a, not just underweight, but there's a minimum weight that. And, and and if you're underweight, there is also a like ratio that you have to be in. Mm, you can't okay. go too far underweight, right? Because yeah. then you have too much of an yeah, edge right. And that's, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. There's a that's minimum the weight thing. and yeah. a give or yeah. take in that. When you look at the teams where it would maybe matter to make a a change like this mid season, Alpine is one of those you know balls in the air kind of team where it's like I don't know, anything that helps them could probably help them. Um. With McLaren and Williams, it's it's more of they are pretty paint heavy, which, considering the liveries that we're looking with this year, is different. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if they're going to come to regret that decision and, and shave some off um, in strategic areas, of course. But with Williams, I'm wondering if 
uh, by by hearing a lot of people saying the same thing as 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 you have, Walter, of you know maybe spend less on little gimmicks and <laughs> yeah. and more in the car. They might they might just remove that one to avoid those comments in the future if they become loud comments coming from a majority yeah because that's one of those things where it's like even if that's not how it works because i don't know right budget wise maybe you have a livery budget and a, a development budget well, i maybe, don't yeah i don't, I don't know. actually I don't know, know. Like, yeah you're right right Fair point. but i think that because we don't know and because a lot of fans maybe don't know to that extent that's going to be the logic of a lot of people sure yeah that's right and it's just bad publicity it, it doesn't it's bad look optics good. it does not look good you're exactly right and, and so i think they might drop it for popularity reason more than and if they do strategic. drop it they'll say it's like a safety thing i yeah. guarantee oh, yeah. they will oh, not yeah, yeah. admit that it was a waste of money a waste of time or no. a bad philosophy they'll say it's for safety yeah for williams if there is a change in livery i hope they go to the traditional golf livery because so many people that when they heard fun. golf was coming to williams they had yeah. those expectations of seeing that iconic orange and blue on the entire car which so, again mclaren what are you doing yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I i if we're talking liveries that's my big hope for for williams right where do you come in in the pool Taren? oh i'm gonna i'm gonna try and overcut you guys a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna play an odd it's going it's a it's a risky one but i'm gonna go with aston martin Ooh. I'm gonna I and for that should almost pay odds. Yeah, if taking I, I'm uh, mm. I'm gonna go Aston Martin, and I'm gonna go specifically the race before or the race after summer break. Okay, and I think wow. it's going. I think it's going to be write that down. And I think it's going to be a com- a competitive thing, and I think it's going to be based off of how competitive they are. Because I think that if they're at the point where they're if they're sticking to Two tenths, one tenth, three tenths off of Ferrari to get second place, and what it's going to come down to is a little bit of paint removal. I like I like that take. I, I think they yeah. can. I think we can see maybe a Mercedes esque kind of remove the lower half of the paint, keep that one racing stripe, go for go for a traditional racing stripe uh, inversion again with a single green top. I. I can see that. I can see them pulling something, some minimal things to, to to bring to get their competitiveness out if they are competitive, if they are reliably competitive. Yeah, I like so it. I know how much I like it. Good take. Because it is it is a great take, but personally, just taste wise, yeah, Aston Martin for me has the best looking car. Agreed. I, I and I really don't want them to scrape any of it off. Need, need. It, I, it is just such. It's yeah. just beautiful. Uh, yeah. So I agree because you make really good strategic points, and obviously strategy plays a lot more than aesthetics. But I really don't want it to be true. I, I, I say that because I, I almost hope I lose because of how much I love <laughs> I it. Actually, I, I, I actually hope you, hope you lose win. Too. <laughs> I actually hope you win oh. just, just, for the, just for the insight that went into your choice. Yeah. yeah. Do, do we have time to do a rookie pool? We do. Yeah, okay, yeah. We have, time, we have time to do a rookie pool. We have like, a, who do we think? And it's early days, but at the end of the season, who do you think is going to be the top scoring rookie? Like, who's going to have more points of the three rookies? We have Logan Sargent for Williams, Oscar Piastri at uh, McLaren, and Nick DeVries at AlphaTauri. So, I I don't know. I mean, as I, as I alluded I, I to was, earlier— I was, I was hoping I was going to go last on that one. I would I have said think. anybody at the—before s- we saw Bahrain, Quali— I think anybody would have said probably Piastri. 
But after what I saw, I don't think so. Uh, I think he arguably might be the best driver of those three, but just given the car and the turmoil, I don't know if he can get the most points throughout the season. Um, I, I think I think so much of this one goes into the team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, Nick DeVries, also very good driver. He showed what he could do last year when he you know stood in yeah. for one race, scored points. Yeah. Okay, I, I have my decision locked in. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'm going to say Logan Sargent Damn is going to score me. more points. I'm going to put it Sargent. DeVries, Piastri. Oh, okay, okay. That's right. my that's my rookie pick. That's my rookie rookie pool pick. In that order, I I I don't know like how many points obviously, but I I'm, I'm gonna say Sargent's gonna be our top point scoring rookie at the end of the 2023 season. Okay, Marianne. Hmm. Because of the mental aspect, and because I think that. Sergeant really has like I'm and I'm not saying the others don't have passion. I think anyone who who drives at that level obviously does. Right? But he's he's shown to have that explosive competitive passion um that can be unpredictable. I I can't say <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'll be watching for sure, but I don't know between between Sargent and and Piastri, um, I do. <laughs> I do think the breeze will be last though. <laughs> Me too, and that's probably more and down to the car. Yes, no, yeah. definitely yeah. to the car. It's definitely for the fact that um, you know it's Alphatori, <laughs> and I'm I'm not hating on Alphatori. I I want to be clear, like it's not one of those teams that I love to hate. It's a race winning team. Not but as, it's not one that I forget as, uh, about. Russell. Yeah. Vettel, Vettel won with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's well, one that I forget techni- about. Technically, it was race winning with, El- I think, Alpha Tauri with oh, Gasly. Gasly. Gasly yeah. won the race. Gasly. Right? Yeah. Good call. Yeah. No, that's that's true. But it's it's just, yeah. it's, it's one I forget about. There were extenuating circumstances in both those wins. So like you're in, right. 3D and if you were If you were to, you know, um, and pick me off the side of the street one day while I'm thinking of other things and I'm not like, you know, on the mic. And you were to tell me, okay, name all ten teams. Um, I'd be able to name nine. Okay. And then I'd have a brain fart. And you'd say Red Bull's other team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That too. Or 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 not even. I'd just be like, ah, uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the only that's the only gripe I have with Alphatori is that they're consistently off my radar. Yeah. No fair point. Yeah. It's surprising for, for being a Red Bull team. They don't market seemingly as much. They don't have a strong as strong a brand as much, although they have fashion brand and well, other Al- things. Alphatari Alphatari is Red Bull's fashion brand. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's surprising yeah. Yeah. considering that like if it's a fashion brand, I would expect the one thing they could do is is at least look good. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they I don't know why they, they threw that red in there. It's, it's so ugly. You you could ah okay. especially with black and white you could do so many really cool designs yeah you know really memorable stuff so I'm gonna say last okay um, but not last. because of of driving and then yeah it's gonna be a toss up between the other two and I think it's <laughs> it's it's either going to be don't, don't give me a double answer give me give me one and two oh god one and two I can't I can't give you another double 
a double header to give you multiple chances to win like on this no no, no it's one that's one, one or two no that's that's fair um do you want me to do mine first so give you to give you some time yeah give me some okay. time you do yours okay i'm gonna go sergeant piastri devries um sergeant but however my my to try and beat your sergeant is single digits oh interesting i'm thinking he's gonna win uh I mean, you know what? I'm going to change that. No, I'm not going to go single digits. I'm going to go double. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go high. Wait, on we're this. bringing digits into this, meaning like points into it. Like just, if, yeah, if, I know you've just made this more complicated of if, a choice for if me. Just solely just because of the idea of like winning by right, right. Um, and like so, I think Sergeant by double digits, a double digit point spread. I think that if Williams is is at a point where they're competing for Q2, that means that they're competing for potential. Like, I don't think a lot of points. But like potentially like a, a P seven to P eight so to P ten finishes. Okay, that's I think Sergeant I think Sergeant has a tan an, a chance to get that. I so don't see a lot from William from McLaren for Piastri. I think McLaren is gonna be a point scoring team. Yeah, of course. I don't think Piastri is gonna be in the card to, to score sure. the points. So if, I just I wanna make sure I understand you. You're you're saying of the three rookies, only Sergeant will be double digits? At the end of the season? No. I'm saying no. Sergeant's going to win the by margin by a double him digit. And the second place rookie will be a double digit margin. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that locks in my answer. Right. Because now you've you've made it about it not really being strategy and just let's have a fun game between us three. <laughs> since <laughs> uh since we have um Sergeant as what what was you were saying Piersley uh, I, I said that Sergeant will be the top scoring rookie. Yes, and then and the, my number two, I got to go to Taryn actually. Was Taryn, did Alpha I go Tori? with you? Went you went you went DeVries? Sergeant Devries yeah. Piastri. Okay, Piastri, yeah. and you're going Sergeant Piastri Devries. I definitely think Devries is last, so okay. I will go Piastri Sergeant Devries. Okay, and that way we have three. Wow. Well, different, yeah. Different. You know, make it interesting. Yeah. Wait, what did you do? You went Sergeant Piastri. So no, I'm going Piastri oh, Sergeant oh, oh, oh. Devries. Yeah. See, I, I just because of that how actually could good be right. that that should be right. Yeah, that <laughs> should, be. should be right. That that to me was going to be my my choice. That's what I I would have said before I saw Quali. I would have said that. Mm. Yeah, and that's what it should be, and it probably still could be. Yeah, uh, that's a great pick. I love our picks. Yeah, yeah, I, think. I, I like it. I I feel do like you, this is gonna be good watching. Yeah. Do you have a a point spread though? Like about oh, no? no, no, okay, no. no, that's totally fine though because we and uh, just oh, just just to make it fair on the paint pool, um, you can remove Williams from that. I'll, I'll just say okay. it's McLaren. McLaren, McLaren will kind of? get rid of that little gimmick. See, I would have gone I would have I would have gone Williams on that for the same reasons as Aston Martin. Aston, like yeah. competitive edge, maybe uh-huh. get that little few grams of speed off speed. I agree, but this um, is where I'm petty and shallow, <laughs> right? You just want to do one or the other. I don't want Williams to change their paint. The same way I don't want Austin to change their paint. Yep, I hear you. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, with McLaren because they, they could change a lot more than just the paint. Well, that is the en- that's the end of the first episode then. So that is the old time we have uh, left here. Uh, Walter, thanks for being part of this. It was so much fun. Uh, As I like to say, anytime and every time. I'll be here. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, this was a very special episode because we decided to do it on a Saturday because we were so excited for qualifying that we just had to do one right away. So, But you can always find us uh, here at CIVL.ca. 
you will always be able to listen to the show, The F World, first live at civl.ca or civl 101.7 FM in Abbotsford. Um, you can also find us on social media at uh, at the F, F, at the F World underscore pod on Twitter and at the F World dot pod on Instagram as well. And you can email us at the F World dot pod at gmail.com. You can always email us in for questions or topics that you want to ask. If you want to p- jump into the paint pool or the, or the rookie pool, Email your responses in, in the order that you want them in and tell us the point spread. Uh, stay tuned for all the other episodes. You'll be able to find us on Spotify as well at the F World Podcast. Until next time, we'll be back Monday post-race. There are regular time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Be there. It's going to be a blast. Thank you all for listening.